25 seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to. They are who we thought they were. And we let them out the hole. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the west right tight. That's left. 372 Y sticks. He's The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. There comes the train, baby! Look it up! <laughs> hey. They're using the bell more creatively than they do. Well, I figured out where to hit it. Yeah. This is Jake Wimberly's boxing bell, and you can see where it's worn right on the rim of the bell. That's where you got to hit it, Roger. Dead! Gum this lap. <laughs> Welcome into the show. We're off and running here, hour number two on this Monday with you. I'm Matt, live in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. Will Montez Sweat be a first round draft pick now? Will A.J. Brown, receiver, Ole Miss, be drafted by the San Francisco 49ers with the 32nd pick? after trading up out of the second round to get that pick from the Patriots. I need some of that old-fashioned soap opera organ music here. (laughs) Dun-dun-dun, as is being reported. Will Jeffrey Simmons go in the first round, where many mock drafts have him being drafted in spite of sitting there with an ACL injury to recover from? Is he that kind of prospect? Will Jonathan Abram, the safety from Columbia, Mississippi, via... Georgia, via Jones County Junior College, via Mississippi State, will he be a first-round draft pick? Those are the kinds of questions I'm going to throw at John Harris coming up in just a few minutes. John is with the Houston Texans. He is uh, one of the folks you see and hear at uh, HoustonTexans.com and with Texans TV, does radio in Houston has uh, the website SEC Takeover. Anyway, check him out. He's coming up in a bit. I always enjoy talking with John a little football. I will, um, though, throw something at you real quick. Last night, as a family, we were staying with my wife's family in Vicksburg, and a show came on television. It was a Grammy celebration show, musical show, about an hour-long special, and it was Motown. It was honoring a guy named Barry Gordy, who was kind of like the the brains behind what became this downhill locomotive that bowled everybody over called Motown. And you had everybody from Stevie Wonder to Diana Ross performing live on stage. And it was awesome. Zero four-letter words uttered on national television for entertainment. Not one. Now, some of the insinuations in some of the songs, eh. <laughs> Marvin Gaye songs, okay, fine, whatever. 
But it was great. Look, and I don't care what you say. 60s, 70s Motown music, Smokey Robinson performed, has not aged in 40 years. I don't know how, hasn't aged. That music, everybody loves that music. Every generation, every every demographic loves that music. We loved it. It was so good. And so I sent Roger a text on the spot, and I said, hey, we ought to do Motown Mondays on the show. Now, that said, I will say there are all these different copyright issues and things you got to be careful of. But we'll just see. We'll see. We're going to check into it. I've got my lawyers on the task. Not really. I just wanted to say that. But we'll check in on Motown Mondays. Hey, uh, to the text line real quick. Earlier from Kosciuszko, got a text. Because uh, I went on a rant that said, stop you anonymous fans of any school for that matter. Stop freaking out when your team loses a game and you get on social media and you just start hammering them and you know and tweeting their names and we don't even know who you are. You know, you're out here on Twitter hiding behind um you know Colonel Reb 84 or M Dog 4789. You know, we don't even know who you are. Stop doing that stuff. That was my message earlier. I got a text that said then at exactly what point do you state these things about your program? Or do you obediently ride, support the mistakes until someone else, what does that mean to read this right, has the courage to state the obvious? What is the point of stating the obvious? What, what do you want to accomplish how will you accomplish anything on Twitter? Um, look at here. And then there's a follow-up. I know you have a job to protect, but I thought it included an honest evaluation of MSU and Ole Miss sports. What, what, uh, were, you, what were you doing? I was what? thinking the whole time, no, this is why you can have people from Ole Miss that listen because you were being fair. I mean, you were, you were saying, okay, MSU got dogged out pretty bad, no what, pun intended. But here's the thing what job am I protecting? That, that coveted broadcast team job. Let's see. You could make it a condition. Let's see. Let's, let me try to read this now. Of Moorhead staying that he learned the entire game of football and arranged for both someone to teach him the running game. What is all this? That I, I listen. I don't know who you are or what you're texting, but it's like the matter you get, the less legible your texts are. I can't even make hide nor hair of it. You say if he refuses to learn, terminate him. Let me ask you this, Kaziesco. So, is this a caller or my guest? That's your guest. Whatever. You okay. Guess. Let me ask you this, Kaziesco. From your back porch in Kaziesco, with your cell phone, what? single clue or iota do you have about who's learning what in Starkville? You don't have any idea. And I can tell that I touch, you're probably, because of your response on this text line, are probably one of the people I was addressing who, number one, you're on social media and don't use your real name. Therefore, there's no consequences for all the BS you spew out there at people. 
That's probably what's going on. And then you text me and say, I know you have a job to protect. Are you what job am I protecting? See, again, you say, I know you have tell me. Text me right now what you know about my job and jobs and how I must protect them. What I'm telling you is you think you know something. You don't know anything. Maybe that's your old gig he's talking about. I mean, people don't know anything and then just assume they do. Right. Give me what you know, and I'll tell you if you know anything about my situation or not. You obviously don't. Now, someone who does know a lot about the NFL situation who knows a ton about all the draft prospects who are about to hit uh, ESPN and the NFL Network and everybody else who will cover the draft starting this Thursday, is John Harris on Twitter, his real name, Jay Harris Football of the Houston Texans and uh, HoustonTexans.com and Texans TV, Texans Radio, and draft coverage as well. John, good Monday to you, sir. Matt, I was just sitting back enjoying what you had to say, man. I, I was ready to let you go on for a few more minutes, man, you know? I'm just, hey, John, uh, I'm just kicking tires and lighting fires, man. That's all I'm doing. Yeah, well, that's that's all uh, That's all we do, I think, on a uh, on a pretty daily basis, you know, is, is do just that. But, you know, I, I think you're dead on. You know, I, I get that a lot of time because I, I'm in the building with the Houston Texans, and then I see things reported, and I'm like, I'm in the damn building. Yeah. I can guarantee you that stuff didn't happen. <laughs> I can guarantee you know it's those kind of things, and right. and obviously there are certain things that happen inside a building that I am never at liberty to let you know people know about you know because of what I just saw or what happened or whatever the case might be. Right. But yeah, it's, it's it's funny the people that well I read it on social media, so that means it's got to be true. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean that, that we just we're we're moving too far towards that end of society in some sense. Yeah. As opposed to, well, did you read the article? Did you actually listen to what was said other than just the headline? And we're getting too far away from that. So now, now you're getting me all worked out, Matt. Let's, let's talk football. <laughs> let's do it. Let's do it. John Harris of the Houston Texans on your radio. And, and John, so speaking of things we, we read, I, I'm looking at a report. I saw it come down on Roto World, and it's referencing Matt Miller at Bleacher Report. That He, he said that... <laughs> Oh, here we go. Here we go. I know where you're going with this, Matt, and I'm, I'm ready. Fire okay. away. Come All on. right. So he says that several um, teams, according to his report, have moved Montez Sweat maybe even off their board completely because of a health concern of this heart condition. So I want to start right there. You know, just from your perspective, what can you tell us? about the validity of that kind of thing, and are there teams who maybe have legitimate concerns of, of his health? Well, I will tell you, uh, one of my best friends is Montez's agent. Okay. His name is Rodney Williams, and Rodney's, Rodney's Houston-based, and I went to high school with Rodney. Uh, his younger brothers, uh, Jaquiz Rogers, who played in the league. Yeah. One of his younger brothers is Michael Lewis, who played in the league for a long time with the Eagles, played uh, Colorado. Um, you know, just uh, Rodney's He's a year older than me. We played all sports together. I know him very well. And I saw that report today, and Rod and I have been talking about Tez. I didn't realize he had Tez as as his client for a long time. And he just he's not one of those guys that kind of put that out there. And so I found out, I was like, you're his agent? He goes, yeah. And so I, I texted him today after I saw that. 
and I said, look, man, I don't trust Matt Miller at all. Hmm. I want to get this from you. I said, what's the deal? And Rodney said, he said, look, there are some teams that I guarantee you that are putting that out there that didn't bring him in for a visit, didn't call Rodney, didn't look for or ask the right questions. The teams that have brought him in and given him a physical and had him go through, uh, you know, whatever battery of tests or whatever out there, have him completely up on their board, including the Oakland Raiders, have three picks in the first round, and including the team that I work for right here in Houston. There are plenty of teams that still have him up on the board. Now, there are a few that have taken him off the board that just won't do it, but they've not spent that time. Rodney said, as I talked to him, he said, look, we planned this whole thing out. He said, we talked about it. He said, that's why we had Montez go to the senior bowl because we wanted people to know that he could still play at a high level with whatever condition he had. Mm. So we wanted him to go to the senior bowl. He goes, look, he's a top 10 talent. You don't see a lot of top 10 talents at the senior bowl for the most part. Now you see some quarterback here jockeying for a top spot like Baker Mayfield, Josh Allen, whatever, but you don't see a lot of the top 10 players going to the senior bowl. If you've already got that pretty much locked up, then you're not going to go. Mm. But Ted did because they talked about going there and showing that you can still play at a high level with whatever condition you're dealing with. Rodney has been very forthright with all of the teams and letting them know what the deal is. And he said, yeah, there are a couple that just said, no, can't do it, or uh, you know, the owner is not uh, on board with this. But he said there are plenty of teams that have done their due diligence, that have done the work, that have done the physicals, and gone through the process with him, and absolutely want Montez on their team drafting in the first round. He said a lot of them end up being in the mid-teens and beyond. Their playoff teams going, look, we could use the pass rusher. Mm-hmm. And I look at our situation in Houston, and I, I know for a fact he visited here because I almost ran into him one day. <laughs> and that's been, that's been put out there that he did visit here. And I was surprised. But when you think about our situation, you don't know what's going to happen with Clowney. J.J.'s going into his ninth year, and – you know, Whitney has got one more year left in his contract. Whitney Merciless. So our password situation could go from being one of the best in the league to all of a sudden, uh-oh, a 9-11 alarm fire if we don't take a look at it. And Montez is the kind of guy that can come and play and do a lot of things for us. Now, I don't know if we would do it at 23, but I know there are a lot of teams that would. Yeah. So I put about I put about point, 0.6% stock in that report that came out. John. Because it's very easy to find a team – that did not do any tests with him and say, oh, yeah, he's off our board. Hmm. I mean, it's so take it for what it is, but Montez has been working out for plenty of teams. There are plenty of teams that have him on the board and plenty of teams that are still interested in him as a first-round pick. And, and so if that's the case, likelihood that he's still a first-rounder, I mean, it's still up there, you think? Oh, I, I don't think there's any question because just think about some of the teams. Let's just say that for some reason – Matt, he falls. He falls. Hmm. You've got Atlanta that has a need at 14. They, they, they can't get anything from their pass rush. Vic Beasley has gone into the witness protection program. Um, you know, Carolina at 16. Now, I know Carolina has a few other needs, but Carolina just lost Julius Peppers. Where is that pass rush coming from? And then you get down even further. Oakland has a need at pass rusher. I mean, they're not totally happy with Arden Key. And last year, Oakland drafted Maurice Hurst in the fifth round after there were significant heart conditions with Maurice that were even worse than what Montez is dealing with. Then you got Kansas City sitting at 29 
And Kansas City just lost Justin Houston and D Ford. And they already have a great Mississippi State pass rusher on the inside. They could use one on the outside. So, And then you've got New England sitting at 32. And if you're going to let Montez Sweat get all the way to number 32, all 31 teams in front of them should all be fired. There's no way that Montez should get all the way to 32. But if he does, Patriots sitting there going, you're going to let us have this guy? Really? 6'6", 262, runs 4'4", and he's great off the field. We'll take him. Mm. I mean, he's going to go in the first round. There's no doubt in my mouth. John Harris, Houston Texans, on your radio right now. DK Metcalf, you think he's the number one receiver off the board come Thursday or a chance to – I mean, certainly a chance. I mean, you think he goes high, top 15 type guy? I I think he should. On my Harris 100, which is up at HoustonTexans.com, I think I have him at 15 or 16, and he's the highest-rated receiver to me. Um, and and I know a lot of people said, well, you know, look at his three-cone time and his agility and doesn't – look, there were only certain things and, – and I say this a lot about prospects – just because you haven't seen them do it doesn't mean they can't do it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that DK can't turn himself into a all-round wide receiver, that he can catch anything anywhere on the field at all times. I mean, look, there were concerns about Keenan Allen coming out of Cal. Oh, uh, he can't get separation, or he can't do this, or he's too slow in four seven. So he ends up going to the third round, and now the Chargers have Keenan Allen as one of the best receivers in the entire league. And D.K. Metcalf has as much physical ability as any receiver that's coming into the league. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I think there are some times that D.K. has some concentration drops and, and this kind of thing. But I think in Ole Miss's offense, the way it was constructed, he basically was a nine-route ready to happen. Now, there's a lot of refinement that's got to happen in his game. There's no doubt. But at 6'3", 230, with that sort of speed, there are things that he can absolutely learn going forward. He's got to be more consistent catching the football, but I think going forward he's he's going to be a guy you can rely on to throw the football at any point on the field, catch and run, deep routes. If he if he can master the intermediate game, he's going to be I think a guy mentioned in the in the same sentence as Michael Thomas, as Keen Allen, as DeAndre Hopkins. Those are all guys that he's going to be mentioned. I think he should be up there. I mean, at that point, it's between to me, it's between him and Marquise Brown for being the number one receiver off the board. Mm. And look, Marquise Brown with that speed, I've seen what speed can do because I've seen Will Fuller just blow by guys and see what it does to secondary. So I understand the value of Marquise Brown. And DK Metcalf is faster and 60 pounds heavier. (laughs) I'll roll the dice to go with that guy thinking that he can turn himself into a big-time all-around wide receiver in this league. I think DK is going to be the first receiver off the board. In fact, he's the only receiver I have going off the board in the first round. Wow. Well, and, you know, we've got a couple of minutes here left in this segment, John. You have to think, I do anyway, you think, you know, what if a DK Metcalf were at a college program where he is the show instead of sharing the ball, instead of sharing the ball with potentially two other high draft picks at the same position? Yeah, there's no question. And I've seen that, you know, know, brought up this week. I mean, look, DeMarcus Lodge. What if DeMarcus Lodge ends up being a wide receiver, you know, somewhere other than Ole Miss where he's not playing third fiddle to those two guys? Maybe he's getting a little bit more yeah. run. You know, yeah. maybe he kind of follows the Michael Gallup path who ended up at Colorado State, caught a lot of balls, and ended up being a third-round pick to Dallas. But I, I absolutely – I think all three of those receivers are going to end up going into the league and do good things. I don't think they're all going to be number one. I think A.J.'s got an opportunity. I think D.K. definitely has the opportunity. I think DeMarcus might be a good style number two or number three. But I think he's going to go into the league and do some good things. I think all three of them will. Um, a couple of minutes here. Jonathan Abram, 
Is he a first-round pick in your mind? I have him going in the first round. I think in the Harris 100, I've got him like right at the borderline, like 32, 33, somewhere in there. Okay. I think he should. I think he should. I think a lot of people say, well, you know, when he drops into the box, you know, that's where he likes to make plays. And I think that's just his style. He, he loves to hit. Yeah. He loves to talk. And and he loves to play the game. And I think that's going to fit for for a lot of teams that he does that. But I think he, I mean, he can run. He can play in coverage. He covers in man-to-man, I think, much better than a lot of safety. I think he should be. The place that I had him going, Matt, again, I go back to the Kansas City well. I don't know what it is about Kansas City. <laughs> but I felt like he would be the perfect fit with Tyron Matthew. Mm-hmm. And I saw Honey Badger last year, and I saw what he can do. But what I like about that is if you put Tyron back there with Abram, you can interchange both those guys, you know, depending on motion shifts and things. Then Abram come down in the box, Matthew could play high, and then and vice versa. You can also have Jonathan play high, and Matthew can come into the box and blitz and do different things. I think Jonathan's way too versatile, way too fast to not be a first-rounder in this draft. Great stuff. The uh, Harris 100 at HoustonTexans.com. If you want real draft prospect analysis, go there. The Harris 100, HoustonTexans.com. John, thank you so much, man. It's always a pleasure. Absolutely, Matt. Take care, brother. You too. John Harris for the Houston Texans. Hour number two, rolling along. What do you think? I'll get to your texts coming up. Stick around in the Farm Bureau studio. I will say, Roger, I'm, I'm young enough to think of this after it was sampled by Snoop Dogg. <laughs> so you know what it is. I do know I what it is. You get points for knowing who, what this is. Well, is it George Clinton? Very good. Not to be confused with Bill. <laughs> George Clinton. And but but. You know, it's the dog thing, but it's... Um, Why must it be like that? Why must, Why must I be the cat? the dog chase the cat? Why must the dog chase the cat? These philosophical questions were answered. <laughs> An atomic dog. Atomic dog. I couldn't think of the word atomic. a boy. Back on the show. That's strong right there. Yeah. George Clinton and his hat and his... You know, multicolored hair streaming out from under. <laughs> you know, he'd have like a purple streak over here and a green one over there. Got a good memory. Hey, as I was driving in this morning to the station, you know, there's a, I don't know what you'd call that. Is it assisted living? Yeah, right over here. This right here? Yeah, nice one. Yeah, really nice. And one of the one of the people, the guys, he walked out, he has cane very obviously a bright red hairpiece <laughs> on his head okay like i'm talking carrot top 
red hair hair piece up on top of the old guy's. But it wasn't styled like carrot top, was it? No, no, it's regular. You seen that guy lately? No, I haven't. Don't do steroids. Don't do it. Yeah, he messed up. Um, But anyway, you know, it's just odd. But I thought, you know what? If you're going to wear a toupee at any point in your life, why not, instead of it being a thing where I'm trying to cover up my bald head with hair but make it look and see if I could fool anyone, which it fools no one ever. Especially when the the hair... That, that you set it out on top of. It's a different color. It's a t- completely different yeah, color. Yeah, he's a gray-headed guy, but he had on a red toupee. And I thought... Like white walls. Go go all out and and cover it up with obvious fake hair, but put some style in it, like a big spiky mohawk or green and, you know, something really super just out of this world. Yeah. Because then you portray a message of, yes, I'm wearing a hairpiece, and I know it, and I want you to know it, too. <laughs> they never want you to know it. Instead of I'm trying to fool you with it. Because it didn't fool anyone, in my humble opinion. Yeah. IMHO. All right, back on the show. Live in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau. Local agents, competitive rates. Also, Staying connected to you because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi. C Spire, customer inspired. Uh, by which we receive your texts here on this show. I don't know about others, but on this one, yes. On the text line at 885 ESPN or 885-3776. The guy who was getting on my case a while ago, he had another one and it said. MSU seniors sue head coach Joe Moorhead for forfeiting their futures as players. Prayers, players, he meant to say players, but it says prayers. That's kind of ironic. Say that coach cost them millions. Okay, sure. Matt, I got to tell you a little local thing here. Don't read all the text. Oh, no, no, that's fine. I was thinking, you reminded me, there's a place out on Lakeland, there's two businesses are not you know not in business together, but they're right next door and they share a sign. Uh-huh. One of them says "Nouveau Hair," and the other is the rug store. <laughs> are you serious? Right, rug, right next to each other. Sorry, excuse me, the rug place. The rug place. Right, I'm next giving you to guys Nouveau a free Hair. shout out, so don't get too mad. <laughs> that's great. You cannot make that up. No, that's Nouveau Hair right next to the rug place. And they said, "Hey, let's get a sign together." <laughs> Did they really get a sign together? Yeah. I want the address, and when I leave here, I'm going to take a picture. Thank you very much, Roger. All right, on the text line, real quick, here we go. Uh, Louvier, who is all hoot at, says, tell the Texans guy that it's too bad his team will begin the season with a big loss on Monday Night Football. Go Saints. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Um, Unnamed Texture. Yeah, I'm fine. Didn't Arkansas play for the championship series last year? Come on, people. Saban would say being ranked number two is rat poison for his team. I say it is for fans, too. Get them, Matt. I love this. (laughs) And then um, Brooks texts the show and said, Brooks in uh, Lafayette, get them, Matt. We're all entitled to our opinions. 
but we have no say or knowledge of what is actually going on in a program. If you think you can do a better job, apply for the position and try it. Then tell me all that crap you're spewing. Matt, you're the man. So you get good and bad on the text line today. Compliments and criticism. That's good. I like it. Keeps a you know, pretty good balance. Get it on either side of the scale. But, you know, that's my point. Is see, see, I guess I have really, really considered getting rid of Twitter. Um not all social media. I guess I'm old enough that I still enjoy Facebook. It's pretty it's healthy. It's good for business in some ways, content and everything else. And and Twitter is too, and which is the reason I still have it. What makes you want to get off? All the reactionary people coming at you? Uh, some of it. Some of it is that. Some of it is I, I'm almost too late. I, let's see. I follow. I have over 25,000 followers, and I follow over 1,400, so 1,461. What I would prefer to do is to go through the people I'm following on Twitter and narrow it down to about 10. That's the honest truth. Well, I'm kind of too lazy to do that. I don't want to take the time to go through all that. And then I have, you know, the followers. You know and, how reporters are, though. They follow each other. Yeah, kind of do. Kind of, you can't get too far ahead of me. Right, know? yeah, sure. Yeah. But I think part of it, Roger, is, you know, initially with Twitter, it was a lot of it for me was about interaction with other people. It was it was kind of a way to communicate. It was about interaction. That was kind of fun. Uh, and then as the follower count grew, I don't know, just things, you know, at times, it, 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 for me, it has it had become less about actually interacting with other people on Twitter and more about just, you know, if there's something good, I might comment. If there's not, I might put out a stat or something before a game. Otherwise, I may promote a broadcast or whatever like that. And that's not really, I guess, the purpose of Twitter, Not was to just use it as a promotional vehicle, and I understand that. But I will say, what has happened to me over the, I guess, 10 years that I've been on Twitter, and it's especially lately, it's just like swatting mosquitoes everywhere I go. It's like walking out of your house in, in, in August, and you want to be outside, out and about, you know, you're maybe at a game or something. But after a period of time, you're just so sick and tired of swatting mosquitoes. Just get out of here. Just, just constant mosquitoes. Nameless, faceless mosquitoes. It's not, I don't have one problem with someone who might even have a ridiculous opinion, but they get on here and you go, my name is Roger. This is my face and this is my name. And I'm, you know, Get the blue check. Well, the blue check, you know, whatever. But this is who we are. It's the nameless, faceless mosquitoes that just keep going. Bzz, wah, bzz, wah, and it's just, I'm tired of swatting mosquitoes. But, you know, unlike the mosquitoes, you don't have to engage the Twitter people. You got a good point. The, the mosquitoes don't give you a choice. And I'm not one to just, like, tuck tail and run and say, hey, I'm done with y'all. So I don't really want to do that. But, man, Twitter. You got to be careful. They come back on you. Yeah. 30 years from now. Yeah, that's true. You got to be careful. It I might be those better. guys to... who get you know messed up during the It might be better to just walk away. Remember the story was oh, all the, yeah. the money. And the, they have to go back and delete yeah. tweets from 10 years ago and stuff. Yeah. Yep. All right. I hope we'll nobody screenshot it. <laughs> right. 
wrapping up with you next. Stick around. Somebody is giving that synthesizer fits, aren't they? Oh, yeah. Aqua Boogie. What is that supposed to be? A peacock? How did that sound like? What does it? If you aren't expecting a peacock, if one goes off, then you're... it will scare the daylights out of you. <laughs> That's exactly right. My daughter went to a place in Tupelo on a field trip last week called uh, the Tupelo Buffalo Park. Oh. They have a lot of – it's a really cool place. I'm assuming they're buffalo there. They have buffalo. Yeah. And she gets a big kick out of it. I call them beefalo. <laughs> Why do you call them beefalo? And, uh, I think that's an actual brand of cattle. It's kind oh, of is it? Inter, yeah. Interbred? Bread. They had tigers, and, and there was a – she got to hold a little monkey – you know, they, my wife was a chaperone. They put the monkey on her shoulder, and then it crawled up to the top of her head. <laughs> and they took her picture, and she's standing there smiling, and I know that smile. That's the, hey, I'm smiling, but inside, I'm freaking out. Smile. Your daughter or your wife? My wife. <laughs> it was because it crawled right up to the top of her head. Is this monkey... A little spider monkey. This monkey look like it's about to do anything? <laughs> it's a spider monkey. Get this monkey off my back. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Man, we had such a good time watching that show last night. It was a spider monkey, literally. It was. I'll so, show you. Look, I'll so show you the Ricky picture. Ricky Bobby, the yes. kid. I'll be on you like a spider monkey. <laughs> now we know what that means. <laughs> what, what it means. Yeah, I'll, I'll show you. I've before they kind of attached to your face like something out of Predator. <laughs> see if I can find the picture here, but yes. you got to okay. tweet that out. You see it? Look at it. Oh, that's funny. The, the monkey is just sitting right up on top of her head. Oh, she is pretty. Look at that smile, though. Yeah. That's a freak-out smile. That's a, well, I'll have to say, her freak-out smile is a long look, way from mine. <laughs> She's freaking out. <laughs> they put that monkey on her shoulder at the Buffalo Park, and it crawled right to the top of her head. Back on the show, Farm Bureau Studio. Sitting on top of the world. That's what he thought he was. Yeah, I don't know about monkeys, man. I ain't too... I wouldn't... I don't like it. I used to go to the Memphis Zoo up there, and I lived up in North Mississippi. Those monkeys got attitude. They have an attitude. Let me tell you something. And an unlimited supply of feces. <laughs> That's the way it works, Roger. Right. Hey, look, we went to the Memphis Zoo also. I, think I saw, saw you at a game. <laughs> we saw the gorillas. Yeah. You know, you're out there at that gorilla enclosure. Oh, oh I know exactly what you're talking about. And let me tell you something. It's Did you a go up to that one that's real clo- where he can well, get real close. Yes, he can get real close. But also, you're outside, and the only thing between you and them is this giant moat. Yeah. Okay. You're kind of hoping they got the calculations right on that moat. What, yeah. We really trusted the people that took our money when they let us in here, number one. <laughs> number two, it's a whole different kind of eye contact. This gorilla stared into my soul and spoke to me. So you, were, and, you make eye contact. You can't do that. And intimidated me. This big gorilla sitting there, just out in the open, and he's looking at me going, right in the eye, with this look on his face that's way too real. 
And this gorilla said to me, I heard it in my soul, Roger. I heard this gorilla say to me with his eyes. He said, the only thing between me and you is this moat. And if that wasn't there, I'd do anything I want to do. There's nothing you could do about it. This is my planet. I was kind of messing with it when I was up there. I really believe that gorilla could jump that moat if he really wanted to. All right, go ahead. So. But no, that's I, I wondered. Well, I, knowing how they are, the minute I kind of strolled in front of him, I caught him over there. He's trying to look like he's not paying you any attention. Oh, you, yeah, yeah, on purpose. Yeah, and so what I do is I just stared at him the whole time, and I walked, and I just kind of pivoted my head, and I kept walking and walking and walking until I finally got into the little area where they've got it kind of looks very natural like a cave, and then there's this plexiglass where the uh, door would be. Uh-huh, yeah. Well, he waited. He didn't like me looking at him like that. He didn't like it. And he come over there, and he was up in there doing the full gorilla thing. He was, was he really? Shaking, banging his chest, screaming, and hollering at the people behind me. I'd never seen him do that. Uh-huh. You you stared into his soul. That's right. I said, well. Let me just tell you. I, I looked at her husband, and I said, well, you should come here with an alpha male. <laughs> <laughs> happens to me every time. This, what you're saying, there's something to it. I felt it. Yeah. When that gorilla stared into my eyes. <laughs> and big, they, big old brown eyes. Yes. It is a whole. There's there's this, at a very base level, there's something about, you know, looking each other in the eye, and those gorillas know it, too. Yeah, you don't do <laughs> they that They know it, world. too. You know, little gorilla don't look at big gorilla. No, sir. <laughs> because he looked at me as it, and I felt it. I felt it in my heart. This is kind of true in real life. Yeah. Exactly. There's a big bad dude over there, and you know whether I ought to be looking at him or not. <laughs> yeah, you, you just know. <laughs> How many fights have you heard start? Yeah. What are you looking at me that way for? Let's see. Let me see what this is. Jackson, way too much. Um, let's see. Uh, text here on the text line. Way too much walking at the Memphis Zoo for what you get to see was there two weeks ago. Look. I like it. I like the walk. I think they've closed some things down. So, like, there they really have. are some spaces. Yeah. We went last summer, and it was brutally hot. Ah. And um, and then I'm on top of it's brutally hot, we stopped over there in the Panda place, which is all, like, they'll sell you, like, all kinds of different Asian food and everything. And I got this Asian chicken thing for lunch. We're sitting outside eating it. And it was, like, super-duper hot and spicy. I'm sweating already, and this stuff hits me, and I'm sweating bullets. I mean, it's the hottest stuff I've ever put in my mouth, and I like hot things. And so I had to throw it away. And as soon as I threw it away there, uh, a little squirrel comes out of the tree and goes down in the trash bin and starts, like, getting food out of the trash bin. And I'm like, that squirrel needs to know he should not eat that. (laughs) I'll let him have it. It'll kill that squirrel. It was that hot. All right, back on track real quick, wrapping the show up with you. Uh, let me just uh, let me give you a theme. Okay, so it, first of all, if you missed it, talked a little baseball on the top of the show with Steve Robertson. Prior to that, I kind of went off about everybody that freaks out over one weekend. You know, you want to fire a coach and your players are not invested and they're weak and they don't have guts. And all. Let me remind you, just like I said at the beginning of the show, Arkansas went through the same thing last year. Arkansas, this time last year, went to Mississippi State for a three-game series for Super Bulldog weekend and got swept. And Arkansas fans threw a royal hissy fit after that. 
This is the best pitching staff we've ever had, and we can't even. I can't believe Van Horn, but he's washed up, and our players don't have any guts. And guess what? By the end of the year, they're playing Oregon State for the national title. If they catch a pop-up, they win the national championship, basically, mm-hmm. in a championship game. And, you know, the, the same thing, you know, people that want to freak out. So I kind of went off about it. I did. And I really only got one person that I resonated with, and, you know, the whole bit dog barks scenario started texting me from Kosciuszko. And um, I'll say this. M- my dad used to preach this sermon. I think he still does every now and then. And the title of it was Get a Lead. All right, like in baseball, you've got a runner on first base. What you want him to do is get a lead. You want him to get a big lead off the bat. Don't play it safe over there. Figure out, with your ability and your quickness, how far can you get off that bag to give yourself the best chance to get to second base as opposed to, let me just stay right over here next to the back. Let me just stay right over here next to the back. No, you got to get a lead, man. you got to live. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong. It's not a right and wrong. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with in life, never taking a risk. Some people don't ever take a risk. Nothing wrong. I'm not saying. song, The Rose. What I'm saying is players and coaches and athletes, everything they do is a risk. Everything they do is a risk. Watch Jake Mangum get a lead off first base. He got picked off in the Arkansas game. Why? He got too big of a lead. Not too small, too big. Super aggressive, super risk, lay it all on the table because that's the only way you're going to even have a chance. It may not even work out, but it's the only way you're going to have a chance to hoist the trophy. That's it. Now, anybody that has never taken a risk, a big lead, a chance, at just it's risky, but it'll give you an opportunity to hoist the trophy then those people have a hard time looking at sports with the right perspective. And the right perspective is a coach, an athlete, they understand they're looking at the whole season from 30,000 feet. Sure, over here in April, we played horrible over the course of three days. But it doesn't mean we're a horrible team. We just got to make sure we don't play that horrible again, number one. And number two, how do we go play better and better and better? And I got news for you. Playing your best in April so that you can win an SEC regular season title so your fans have something to crow about on Twitter is not as important as being ready to play your best in June in the postseason. And athletes and coaches know that. Why? Because they've done it before. Look at Jake Mangum. They were terrible at the beginning of last year and great at the end. He's got a 30,000-foot perspective on this thing. He's not making excuses and saying it's okay to lose. He's just got a big, broad perspective because he's already risked it all before and known what it feels like. And frankly, a lot of people don't understand that and can't. It's a great life philosophy. Get a lead. Get off the bag and see what happens. Enjoy the show. We'll see you tomorrow from the Farm Bureau studio. See ya!
You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. 